0: My name is Johnny Lee Long, and this room sounds great. It's life in my head when I write it, but when once I give it to them, they put their life in it, and then it becomes some more life, and, I become, and it just becomes amazing after that. Success for <laughs> me is waking up every morning with my queen and going to bed every night with my queen. That's my success. Oh, it was a French yeah. It took two people to lift it, mm-hmm. two good people, <laughs> you and your cousins and them. My shop is called The Hobo Depot Custom Bass Shop. Hobo Depot. I learned the whole Graham central station with one string.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to This Room Sounds Great. Joining me this evening is a Richmond legend. How do you feel about that intro?
0: Oh, that's pretty deep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will let you elaborate more on who you are, what you do, and why you're here and why we're so excited.
0: Well, I my name is Johnny Lee Long, and what I do, I'm actually a bass player, a uh, composer, producer. I don't know where the legend thing came from, but uh, <laughs> that, does money come with that?
1: <laughs> in, in title only. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, titles, it's kind of like a, the monarchy. It's just yeah. Yeah, a title. <laughs> and yeah. what is your genre of music?
0: Um, I actually do jazz funk and gospel, mostly jazz funk.
1: And when you are performing with us on Chaco Sessions Live, how many people will you have with you?
0: I have a full band, full horn section, guitar, drums, bass, keys.
1: That's we love the horns. We get yeah, so excited about yeah. that. My
0: horns are they are just amazing. A bunch of guys. So <laughs> I mean, the whole band is sure, sure. It's an amazing bunch of guys, and I and I truly love them.
1: How long have you been doing this?
0: Well, I've been doing it for a while. The band's been together, I guess, 10 years.
1: What is this incarnation called?
0: Johnny Lee Long Band. I've been having three of the members been with me ever since I started. I do have new members now that's been there maybe... to five years and they're incredible the the greatest thing about my musicians are they just they are musicians and musicians to to me it means they are the epitome of a musician they can play all kinds of instruments i like them because they're broad thinkers
1: and i think i've i heard the phrase recently when people are good musicians like that, they play to the song. They're good musicians for the song, not necessarily to show off or to advance. They do write by the song itself.
0: Yeah. When I write a song, I give them the outline, but it's their flavor that they come with that makes my song come to life. It's life in my head when I write it, but once I give it to them, they put their life in it and then it becomes some more life and mm-hmm. I become and it just becomes amazing after that.
1: hmm Have you always been in Richmond?
0: No, no, okay. no. I'm a North Carolinian.
1: Oh, go on, go on.
0: Yeah, I'm from Conway, North Carolina and I guess they called it the cotton fields. They, they said I learned to read and write in the road to Richmond, so I just, <laughs> I just came on down.
1: We're glad you did.
0: Yeah, me what too. What is
1: the landscape of jazz been like over such a long time? Mm. Oh, and geography as well.
0: I'm from the old school. I mean, I'm old. <laughs> I guess you can say I'm old. Yeah, I'm old. And I, I bring in old school. I do jazz from whence I came. All I knew is the old funk from the 60s and the 70s. And I go back to the 50s and bring it up to up to date. But I don't try to crush it. I just want to give my impression of I'm not trying to be like this person or that person. I just want to give my impression of what I hear. Jazz-wise, you know? You want to honor it. Oh, no question. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Sometimes I feel that the old guys talk to me and say, okay, you could do this, but don't try to make it a hit because it's already a hit. And what I do is I just take and I say, okay, I just want to put my little two cent in if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. But it's still funk to me.
1: Absolutely. That is fantastic. Now, how often do you write?
0: I write every day.
1: And so are you, I love asking people this. Are you the, I make time for it every day to flex that muscle? Or are you really inspired that often?
0: Every day. I I wake up every morning inspired (sighs) to write. And I don't write just one part. I write full songs. Oh, you do? Yeah, they come to me full songs. (gasps) And so I get up and I I have a studio in my backyard. Most of the time I get up out of the bed early in the morning. I may go to my office first, but if it's really, really bothering me, I'll go straight to the studio and lay it down.
1: Well, you don't want to forget it.
0: Well, yeah, that's the only way I can remember is I just go straight through the studio Mm -hmm. and lay it down then, and then I can come back in the house and I'll be fine. Do you
1: flush them all out?
0: I try to flush what's in my head. Wow. You know, if it's two songs, I flush two songs. If it's one song, I flush one. So it's basically one most of the time. But two will come.
1: You're an antenna. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sp- God speaks to me a lot every day, so I just try absolutely. to bring it out. Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. Now, have you played internationally as well, or, oh, or just on the? Okay,
0: absolutely. I I toured all Europe, and I toured all the United States, and I, I played with a couple of uh, seventy groups, like uh, the Main Ingredients. Get and, out! Uh, yeah. But it's, I, I'm more of the gospel cat. You know, mm-hmm. I I did all the gospel circuit, like with Kirk Franklin, Kirk Carr, and. New Jersey, Mass, and James Cleveland, and you know the old gospel cats.
1: Now, did you ever get into go-go from D.C.?
0: Actually, I never did. Mm. I didn't go down that road. I'm not saying it's you know I won't do it. Sure, it's just not me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I love hearing it, and I love, and I know a lot of cats that plays it, and they're really good, you know, players. It's just not me.
1: Well, let's find out what is you. Let's play (laughs) just a little snippet of something here. physically get hot playing that fast no oh my gosh that's incredible. Thank you. Oh, you're going to be, I'm going to be chair dancing like crazy yeah. when you guys are on Chaco Second <laughs> Sections. Like that's going to be amazing. Your playing is fast. That's incredible. What has the landscape of this been like for you since the quarantine? Were you on the precipice of a big project beforehand and you had to put it on hold or have you just made best use of your time?
0: Actually, I've been playing mm-hmm. and what I, what I do with my band is go to different historical sites and play on it and, <gasps> and do video. That's my thing from the train station to, you know, I went to the Shirley plantation and played inside there. And I tried to do different historical sites that I think would make me feel a lot better.
1: So you're sort of healing yeah. and reclaiming the history of the space?
0: Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, when I went to the Shirley plantation, they, they were really nice to me. They, they allowed me and the band to come inside the house and play inside the house. I think to a lot of the members, it, it was kind of, ah, uh, you know, but for me, it was like a healing point because of what happened during that time. There was a lot of Blacks that didn't have the liberty to, to walk in and leave and without permission. And I had the opportunity to walk in and you know, look, stand in the spots that they were in and look out the same window they looked out and, and say, hey, I can actually walk out there on my own without asking. And I can come back in and I can go home and I, I won't walk out there and get beat. You know, that kind of thing. It just made me feel like I was standing on their shoulders and saying, hey, look, guys, look where we are now. Like, I even went to the Slave Trail. Mm-hmm. I did a, a video at, at the Slave Trail with the I band. I
1: love that idea. I mean, there are so many marginalized groups who get to reclaim spaces and, yeah. and make it their own. And I think that's amazing. What's been one of the most powerful for you?
0: I think the most powerful would have been the plantation Lakeside Farmers Market was powerful for me too, although Why people is that? Were like really, Just yeah, Lakeside? go on, yeah, it was it was powerful for me, I, but I think out of all of them it would be the plantation and the slave trail. To actually play out on the water of the slave trail was we, we had visitors too. I mean we had snakes and you know he showed up and I guess he wanted this jam. I guess you know. And, <laughs> so he showed up and I stomped my foot and he left
1: and yeah. <laughs> he was drawn to the vibration yeah he
0: was he was grooving he
1: are was you familiar good. with the Moton Center down in Gloucester
0: no no no
1: it's an incredible venue on the water uh, well I say venue it's it's a venue now uh, but it has incredible African American history and it's believed that it's where Martin Luther King wrote a portion of his I Had a
0: Dream speech but that would be my next place mm-hmm. to go
1: there look up the Moten Center that will yeah. be a love but you know
0: because it's cold right now it's a lot of places yeah. I can't go outside so mm-hmm. so Mm -hmm. but a lot of people allow me like the gardens, botanical gardens, we we were scheduled to play there and the weather caught me before I can get in there. But we will be there during Mm springtime.
1: And you know, I don't know that I've thought to ask this. I always ask songwriters, typically when the songs have lyrics, what they're inspired by. And it's usually, you know, personal triumph and tragedy and things like that. Are you inspired by life events or is yours just that channel? Like you wake up and it is there.
0: I'm inspired by life events. Mm -hmm. If I'm going through something, I write what I'm going through and how to get out of it. I, b- I write the beginning of it and then the ending of it. And it comes like that. On, on my new CD, which is coming out in March, is called Redemption. Mm-hmm. And basically, it starts from—actually, <laughs> it starts from the moment um, slavery started, which was in for me it was in Congo. My family went from Congo to England to Ahoskie, North Carolina— and there, my ancestors began to mix it with the Indian tribes there. If you look at all the songs that are on my CD, they start from Kings, then it goes, well, they actually start from Congo, and then it goes from King, like King Tut is one of the songs, King Nimrod is another song, and then it goes right to North Carolina. And then it goes, you hear the Redemption, and then you hear one called The Walk. And that's the one with, uh, I got Dr. Martin Luther King on. Mm. And so it's fulfilling for me. This Mm -hmm. is
1: just so amazing to hear about (laughs) society, a societal journey brought in, in the storytelling like this, which I I understand that part isn't revolutionary, but this is just a really neat facet of that. Thank you. In your body of work. How long did it take you to put the album together?
0: Well, um,
1: if you're launching now.
0: (laughs) It it didn't take me that long. You know, I, I would say a year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll say, say a year. Um, so you've been busy during the pandemic, like not, well, not, I've been on I've been on Channel Six most every week. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, I, I just want to say Channel Six, I love you so much. Woo Tori Tori Strickland, I love y'all and I love y'all so much. They allow me to come on and in my videos. And if you go to you know to Channel Six, you see a lot of the videos and the songs that actually that's on the album now because I guess it's my guinea pig kind of thing. <laughs> But don't say it no, on no, Don't tell nobody that.
1: <laughs> we won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah,
0: please don't tell Tori. <laughs> so having such
1: a large body of work, what defines success for you? Have you achieved it and your goals just keep growing? Or is there still something you're striving for?
0: Success for me is waking up every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and going to bed at night you are with not, my queen.
1: You are not that old. There's yeah. no way you're Successful that old.
0: Success for me is waking up every morning with my queen and going to bed every night with my queen. That's my success.
1: My nickname is Queen Reese. I like that. Is it? I like that you call yeah, her thank,
0: that. You. thank you. She is my queen.
1: And and people cannot see, I hope you dress like this for the show, you are the most dapper man thank I have you. ever met thank you. in my life. Thank you. Head to toe. Thank you. Lovely situation. (laughs)
0: that's another thing about jazz that i i I really love back in the day the jazz musicians they dressed they may had three dollars in their pockets but it made you want to go see them when you walk into a club and you know you see saxmo on stage it was shirt and tie and suit on and Wes montgomery and you know lena horn and You know, I mean, it's just you look at them, go like, "Okay, I know you guys ain't got a lot of money, but man, you guys look amazing." And when I go, my thing is when I go and see a jazz set, I want to see that. You know, I want to see the roots of jazz. There's a lot of things I want to say about that, but I'm I'm not gonna say it right now. But uh, (laughs) you know, it's it's just some things I look at, it's like bothersome.
1: What other instruments do you play, if any? And what did you start on?
0: I started on drums, actually. And then I went to bass. I, I started playing bass because of a bet in high school.
1: Go, oh, tell us, tell us. Oh, no, you
0: don't want to know that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, okay. we
1: do. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. So, and, and,
0: okay, so we're we're in a talent show in my high school in Chesapeake, Virginia. It was called Deep Creek High School. Oh, yeah. So I was playing congos at that time and we was getting prepared to do a talent show. And the bass player, which is a great friend of mine now, um, I asked him, I said, man, how do you learn all those songs? Because we was just going song to song. He's like, I don't know. I just play it. And I said, OK, cool. I said, would you teach me how to play that? And he was like, no. And I said, OK, cool, man. He, I said, but I just love what you're doing. He was like, I tell you what, if you learn how to play over the summer, I'll give you a brand new bass <sighs> guitar. And I said, OK. Mind you, I had no bass in my possession. And it was a good frat brother of mine now. We had to clean his dad's garage out. And at the last part of the corner of the garage, there was a bass underground. And so I picked that up. I didn't have any string. So I took the one string that we found on the other part of the ground. And I, I went home and learned a whole album with one string. No. Yes. And within that first month, at the end of the first month, there was a gentleman that contacted me and said, hey, man, I heard you learning how to play bass. And I said, well, they called his name was Punkin." And I said, yeah, I said, sure, man. I said, he said, well, you know, my wife is pregnant and I have to leave the gig every night so I can get home to her. So she, you know, cause she's about to have, he said, if you don't mind, could you come and learn the songs, you know, I'm going to give you three songs. And then at the end of the night, I'm going to leave early and let you play the three. I'm going to leave my guitar with you and let you play the three. So I did that. Um,
1: in high school.
0: Yeah. But mind you, they had sneaked me in the back door. Oh. I'm down in Virginia Beach on the, at the Peppermint Beach, Beach Club. Beach
1: Club, yes!
0: So they had to sneak me in the back door, and I had to actually sit behind the drummer where you couldn't see me because it was illegal for me to be in there. I did that for, I guess, a couple weeks. And so when school got back in, the guy who made the bet, he's like, he'd say, hey, man, hey, did you hear about this guy down on Virginia Beach? He's a young kid. They're sneaking him in the, the back door. He's playing at Virginia Beach. And I was like, nah. But, you know, in my mind, I never thought of that. It's like, mm-hmm. nah, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I ain't heard about that. And he said, well, what have you been doing? I said, well, you know, I've been playing for this this guy because his wife is pregnant. And he said, where? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to go down to the beach. And I play a couple songs. And, you know, he leaves me there with his bass. And the next day, I heard this on the door. And I opened the door. And he had a brand new guitar for me.
1: I don't believe He's like, it. I couldn't
0: believe that was you on, down in Virginia Beach. I was like, yeah. He was like, you're not excited? I was like, I just wanted to play. Yeah, I was hungry. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're hungry, it, none of that stuff matters. Well, I was hungry, so I did it.
1: What did you guys intend on playing for the talent show? Do you
0: remember? Uh, we, we played Pick Up the Pieces, and uh, it was mostly Average White Band because we had a full, you know, most of the guys was out of the band. You
1: know, I've heard about people picking up instruments. Obviously, Jimi Hendrix, who played his backwards or right. upside down because he was left-handed. How in the world do you manage with one string?
0: didn't bother me. And I actually learned a whole album. <laughs> I, I learned the whole Graham Central Station with one string. And then um, my friend said, hey, man, he came to my house. and He said, I found another string in the garage on the on the ground. I said, well, let's put it on. And so I put it on. And everything that I learned at one string, I actually... Learned it on the next string.
1: So were you already doing the finger work as if you had all the strings? Right. Right. Okay. But okay. on
0: one string. But on one string. I learned every song on the album one string.
1: I love stories like that. Oh my god. Where you yeah. just make it work because it's it's all you know, <laughs> a little hodgepodge of an instrument and.
0: I ain't had no money, so I had to you know I had to make what was you know make, mm-hmm. make stuff work.
1: First, who who are your influences? Like, what do you listen to for fun for yourself?
0: Well, the first person I saw listen to was Larry Graham. Graham Central Station. And then after that, Rick James. Mm-hmm. And then well, you you gotta remember, I came from North Carolina, so the only thing I heard in North Carolina was Glenn Campbell. <laughs> That's all I heard. I mean, well, we had one radio station and on Sundays they played black music. But during the week, is all we heard is Country and West and Loretta Lynn, mm-hmm. Glenn Campbell, Hee-Haw. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of stuff that I heard. But on Sundays we had one hour of Black music. And so I, I sat there and listened to it. And my aunt had 45s. Yes. And Al Green were her thing. So. I was going to
1: ask, what was the first piece of music you purchased? And what format was it on? Do you um,
0: the first piece of music I purchased was on a, a 45.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it was, uh, oh, Larry Graham. It was a, it was 45 first. And then I went and got his album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I actually had 33s too, but that's before, way before your time.
1: I had, yeah, I had forty 40- five <laughs> Fives and the album 78s and 33s. 78. That was the other
0: one. That was the yeah, other one. Yeah,
1: I had those
0: two. Mm-hmm. But I learned on a, remember the RCA Victor?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, stereos where they had a the record player and then they had the radio AM.
1: It was a whole console. Yeah, it was thing.
0: like, it's all we had in our house. And I never knew that you could put a guitar in it. I never knew that until I, I got the guitar and I said, well, how am I going to learn how to play these songs? You could and, use it as an amp? I'm telling you. It, it On the top, you pull the top back, and there was something that says guitar, and then it says headphones, and then it says something else. And I never saw that until I pulled the top back where the record player was.
1: Yeah, those things were like a piece of furniture.
0: Oh, it was a furniture. Yeah, it took two people to lift it. Mm-hmm. Two good people. <laughs> you And your cousins in them.
1: That's exciting! You got and then and then what's neat about that is it's a tie-in because it's real life. But because you had been hearing, you know, musicians that already pressed records and people on the radio, you felt like you were a part of it as well because it was coming through those speakers, those same speakers, what you were playing.
0: Yeah, my my mom and she didn't even know it at that time got me started on guitar. She bought me a Sears and Roebuck plastic guitar, and I was like, "What is this?" And but you know, I liked it you just can play it but it it was really something else but then in the in the 70s she uh she came home from work one day and I guess she was a little tired and you know I was in the other room I was banging stuff out you know and she's like I can you turn it down and I guess I didn't turn it down enough and next thing I know the stuff was going in the dumpsters.
1: Uh... The she
0: laughs about that today though mm-hmm. but I'm I'm glad that I had the opportunity for her to see where I started
1: mm-hmm. where would you say in the world your performances are most appreciated? Where do you feel people really get what you're doing?
0: Well, my, my YouTube uh, YouTube subscribers are really, really good. I have a lot of YouTube subscribers. so. But I think the people who really get my music is me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think once I get it and I get tired of hearing it, I think other people like it. <laughs> what? You know what I'm saying? It sounds crazy. But I think once I, I play it enough mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, I can't play this no more. Then other people start liking it. But, you know, you got to remember, I wrote it and then I played it. Right. And then I sat there and listened to it several, several hundreds of times and then I put it out. So it's not
1: even a matter of you being comfortable with it. You kind of have to be over the hump of, all right, I'm ready to on to the next thing and then everyone's behind you going, hey, this is the greatest right.
0: thing. I'm already on the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already there.
1: What are your plans once the album drops?
0: You know, I, I definitely want to keep uh, Channel Six open because they're my lifeline. And t-
1: yeah, tell me what what you do with them.
0: Um, actually, I do Virginia this morning. I do a lot of Virginia this morning. Okay. I definitely want to do some talk shows. I, my whole thing is I want to do some talk shows. But my whole thing that I really want to do is write for music scores. You know, I mean, I want to write for movies and mm-hmm. and soundtracks for movies and stuff like that's my that's my whole thing i like to do do I you find like
1: that to. we have good connections for that here in this area yeah
0: and no i haven't been beating the pavement as they call it mm-hmm. to go and find different you know movie venues that will take unsigned <laughs> artists this is
1: this young buck
0: <laughs> yeah yeah this near fight <laughs> we don't use near fights so. though no I just okay.
1: <laughs> Well, clearly, you know, you say you wake up with these inspirations for the songs. Do you have any pre-show rituals?
0: You know, my whole thing is to is to live correct and, and love my wife and my children. That's my whole thing. If you love God and love your, love your wife and love your children, everything falls in line. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, man, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a superstar. And I'm like, yeah, you go right ahead, bro. You know, I just want to love God and love my wife and my family and my home you know, I want to enjoy. My whole thing is to enjoy life. A lot of people feel like they're going to be here next week and we got the next like they're making their own plans to do stuff and I'm like, "No, man. I I want to live day by day, but I definitely want to stay prayed up mm-hmm. so I can live to be 96 <laughs> to 100, you know? That, that's that's legal in my family. <laughs> so I, you know, I I just want to I I want to treat people right and I want to help people. I came from a from a place that was it wasn't that good growing up, segregation and stuff like that. And I came from a place where the N-word was really, it really rolls all people's mouth really, really quickly in Carolina. You know, although we didn't have anything, I grew up with houses that you could stand in the front room and look out through the wall and see outside, the kind of thing. And we grew up with snakes and roaches and mm-hmm. rats and stuff like that. But although we didn't have a lot, we had love, and love took over everything in my household. And my grandma made sure, my grandma raised me, my grandma made sure that, that we knew that she loved us. She didn't have an education. She could only write her name. In fact, there's one of the songs on my album. It's called Maybelle's Bean Soup.
1: Ooh, she
0: makes the best pinto beans biscuits are there ham hocks in it baby you don't know about that leave that alone I'm hungry already you don't know about that leave that alone
1: well I love what you say about making sure family life is most important because when when you can go to bed every night not tossing and turning and feeling angst and you know you've done your best and what you can do then all those creative channels are open all of the being able to do good things for other people are open but I think think a majority of a lot of strife in people's lives is they're not being honest with themselves. Right. And that can mean allowing something in your life. It can be removing something in your life. But when you know what your priorities are, which is your spouse and your kids and your love of God, when those things... Are all a nice, clear channel, and yeah. you're not wrestling with anything. Everything else is just cake. It's lovely. <laughs> it's a great place to be, and a lot of people just don't quite get there. You yeah. know,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And life, life is life. You you have ups and downs, and you have dips, and that's great. Oh, but
0: absolutely, absolutely. But when I that mean, is
1: your baseline, it sounds like, and it sounds like what's great is you got that from the start. How lucky!
0: Yeah, my grandma made sure of that. I mean, we used to walk to church five miles every Sunday. So that's 10 miles. Five there, five back. You know, we had no car. I mean, what were we going to do? Got to walk, got to walk.
1: How many were there Were there okay?
0: It's just me and my brother okay. and my grandmother,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. But I had cousins and stuff sure. like that. But as far as in our house, it was just my younger brother, Ricky, and me and my grandmother.
1: And Carolina gets all four seasons. Uh, yeah, we do. That was not an easy walk yeah, at yeah. certain times of the year.
0: Everywhere we went, we walked. But, you know, my inspiration when I was younger, was to, and I I would walk down, I would walk 10, 15, 20 miles by myself. During the daylight. At night, it's not too cool. But in the daylight, I would walk 10, 15, 20 miles because, you know, our folks were spread out. And a lot of times I would go downtown. we call it downtown. It was just...
1: Where a few businesses were. (laughs) One stoplight.
0: And, you you know, (laughs) once you pass that stoplight, you're heading out of town, that kind of thing. But I would walk, and as I was walking, you know, I was talk to god and say hey man i would love to learn how to play an instrument i want to i want to write this song i want to be in front of millions of people and i want to do this i want to do that and all this stuff came to pass mm-hmm. you know i'm it, I mean, in fact it's still doing it uh, it's it's all about where your head is and your heart is mm-hmm. and once your head and your heart get together you're unstoppable
1: <laughs> so you've got the foundation right with the album coming out, what what do you see in the next five years? You just want to continue to play, continue to write.
0: I want to do movies. You know, I don't want to tour that much. OK, I, I want to stay at home and write because, I, I, you know, I love being home with my wife. You know, we homebodies right now. We we empty nesters right now. Yeah,
1: But when you gosh, I mean, I think about this all the time for various reasons that people get together. Money is going to come and go. Your career is going to come and go. The kids are literally going to come and go. You have to like sitting next to <laughs> the person.
0: Yeah, you have to. You have to like it.
1: You have to like them. Yeah, you and you have don't to like always them. have to like them. I know, but bare minimum. I mean, just. Like the person that's sitting next to you and find ways to laugh and a few things in common, but enough apart that you can talk about it when you come together. And I I just love hearing you talk about her. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean,
0: once she becomes your friend and she got your back for a man, you know, when a woman got his back, stress leaves. You know what I'm saying? Because he knows that if while he's walking forward, somebody got his back. He's never caught uncovered. And same thing for her. You know, she's never caught uncovered because I got her back, you know. So once a man learned that about his woman, his wife, oh, man, he's good to go.
1: What do you guys do for each other for fun? What do you like to do together? Um,
0: she actually sings. So she's on my album. We we like eating. Mm-hmm. We like going out eating. <laughs> we, we cook and we laugh a lot. We see a lot of movies. I mean, this pandemic has made us see a yeah. lot of movies. Oh, yeah. Basically, we just love eating, going out eating. When the pandemic wasn't really here, every restaurant in Richmond and on the outskirts, we tried. We would already did them all, even DC and you know Maryland and North Carolina. But we travel. We love traveling. You still together? But we, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, we just laugh. We laugh a lot. You know what I'm saying? <gasps> At anything, anything stupid, we laugh about it. <laughs> it's like it's, just, you know, we gotta laugh. You, you gotta huge. laugh because if you don't laugh, next thing you know, man. You, you have all these troubles in your head, and you're just walking around depressed and
1: you're in a rut. angry, and mm-hmm. you
0: know. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people on my YouTube that I I try to inspire. If you ever go to my YouTube, my YouTube, say, what is it? It's Johnny Lee Long. If you okay, put type okay. in Johnny Lee Long, then basically you, you can go. To my, and I have my own business. My own business is I do repair, and I also build bass guitars, and I do a lot of custom work. So my my shop is called the Hobo Depot Custom Base Shop. Hobo Depot. <laughs> <laughs> and I got my 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 mascot is an owl that I bought from Walmart.
1: To keep birds away? That could that's right. He don't
0: keep nothing away. <laughs> he get beat up more than he doing. Anything. His name is Hootie. I call him mm-hmm, Hootie. Mm-hmm. I think Hootie is more important than me because I got people calling me about see if Hootie's okay. Do
1: you take pictures of him when you go places? You got to take oh, him out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Ab-
0: absolutely. He's been on concerts with me. Uh, if you type in my name, you see your videos of him. Okay, he does He does crazy stuff all the time. Hootie's a wild dude.
1: Hootie in the Hobo Depot.
0: He's the only man. He's the only owl I know that has a $20 mask, face mask.
1: <laughs> What's on it? What's on his mask?
0: $20 good, bill.
1: Good. Oh, oh, it's actual money.
0: <laughs> An actual $20 bill. He won a 50. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna happen because, you know, he's supposed to be scaring the squirrels. And that I came on one day and they had backed him up against the as a defense and eating around him and i was like man you ain't no good at it he's you. a
1: pushover i, Poor I just hootie. i just
0: bring him inside the the shop and just sit there and let him so most of the videos when i do videos of of basic guitars and stuff he's the first one you see
1: i cannot wait to start looking he at your he has glasses just up. like mine oh! <laughs> I cannot wait to meet him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I started bringing it. In. I was like, oh, now ain't nobody going to look at you, man. I
1: cannot wait to meet oh him. Oh, my God,
0: he's a mess. He's so
1: besides the YouTube channel, where can people go for more information Facebook. about you?
0: You can okay. hit me on Facebook. Um, on Facebook is Johnny Lee Long and the Hobo Depot Custom Bass Shop and Hobo Basses. It's an honor to be... Actually, it's Have you honor. played
1: here? In Studio A? I,
0: I played, yeah, okay. with, with Carlos. Okay. I mean, I did my recording here.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So the recording was done here, but... um. Carlos do a lot of stuff for me. I love Carlos. He's, he's my boy. Everybody does. Yeah. Okay. But he's my boy though. Okay, uh, okay. Y'all can go ahead and love him, but he's still my boy. Oh, back off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, I'm bringing the whole band in, and we're gonna do a you know a session. Then I
1: can't wait to hear it now. No, knowing I mean I've been excited, but just knowing that the poignant history that you bring into it, and yeah. just you know playing on location, and and just sort of the reclamation of things like
0: you know, it's, it's I, I would love to play more places. You know, people won't allow me to come in there.
1: It's odd right now.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know how the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, it was hard to get in certain places. You know, I, I want to say it like it is. I have an amazing, wonderful band. I do. I, there's no question about it. There are there are a lot of places I would love to play, and there is a lot of places I want to play. But I want to play in a lot of amazing places that people don't really play at. To me, that's inspirational. For me, the most amazing thing. I, because of the pandemic and things are slow, I didn't really have the money to to do my CD, and so my subscribers started sending me money. <gasps> they um, they felt it in their heart to do so, and because they did, I can't even, I can't even thank them enough. I, I can't I can't even tell them how much I love them because I don't have the words to say so. Because they're they're amazing people. They are, I mean, I, I have subscribers all over the world and from Africa on down. And they, you know, a lot of people just don't have money, but they'll send me, you know, a dollar, here, you know, $2 there. You know, some people can send a little bit more. And I don't ask them to send it, but they start sending it. And I'm like, and I told them on the video, I was like, I can't thank y'all enough for what y'all y'all doing for me and my family. You know, I can't, I, I don't know where to start, but it never stops. You know, every day I see money coming to my, my account from people sending it from across the world.
1: Can you believe you're so loved? Isn't that a great thing? Well, feeling? I love
0: them. Mm-hmm. Whether they ever send me, whether they send me money or not, I'm still oh, going to sure. love them. Even my haters. I tell I, I tell you on my videos, even I, to my haters, I love you. Sooner or later, you're going to love me anyway. <laughs> you may hate me now, but you, you'll love me later. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good.
1: That is the best attitude to have. We cannot wait to see you perform live. This is going to be exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap.
0: This episode of This Room Sounds Great was recorded and mixed by Matthew Mixes.